At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. A big thanks to Mikhail Miranda who wound up joining me in our number two. We wound up getting some great chat with him talking about what we're all going to be getting in the Formula One Grand Prix in Mexico for tomorrow. So that was terrific and said this off air. And I think every time we wind up getting a Formula One race, we're going to need to get Mikhail on. That was an absolutely terrific breakdown from him. And he actually does the audio on this show. So he contributes every single week to what you wind up seeing and hearing. So he is an integral part of this show. Along with Tony, he's currently the technical director. He's doing a great job tonight. And you've got my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, as well. So all these guys behind the scenes, they really make a lot of the magic of the show work. And hey, now as you guys find find out, sometimes they wind up coming on air and they wind up giving you guys some bets as well. And with Mikhail also, great looking outfit as well. So he gets an A-plus from me. So he absolutely killed it. It was terrific to be able to get him on because... I really do mean it when I say that I work with some of the best in the business and these guys, a lot of them, they are grinding away. They do a great job of doing some handicapping themselves as well. So always great to be able to get those guys aboard. And today, Mikhail did amazing work. So I think we found ourselves a new segment for the Greg Peterson experience, but something else that we're going to be keeping up with as well. Something that is always a little bit of a constant here on the Greg Peterson experience. Take a look at what we're going to be getting in baseball. If you want to missing the DK Nation pick that I want to giving out in hour number two, don't worry. End of the show right around 9.45 p.m. Pacific. You're out there on the East Coast. Happy Sunday, 12.45 a.m. I'll be refreshing that for you guys a little bit. Wound up going out to a National League game that's going to be going down pretty early. But how about if we wind up going out to the American League? Because we haven't hit any of that region yet as we wind up going 9.17, 9.18 on this one. One of the better pitching matchups that we're going to be seeing on Sunday as You've got Logan Gilbert and the Seattle Mariners going on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Boston Red Sox, who tried out their Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi and company anywhere between a minus 124 and minus 130 favorite. And for Seattle, finding them anywhere between plus 110 and plus 117. And when it comes to this spot, I will make one guarantee and one guarantee only. My Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock. We will not see Nathan Eovaldi give up five home runs in an inning. He wound up doing that in his last start. It was really a no bueno situation for him. I don't think that he winds up giving up five home runs in an inning. I, if you take a look at it, last year, he wound up giving up six home runs in over 100 innings at home. He's giving up a half home run per nine innings when he was at home. He gave up five in one inning in his last start. That's just absolutely ridiculous. So I do think that we're going to see some positive progression. And we've actually seen this total drop a little bit because... Most places would open up at 9.5 with the juice right around minus 110. Now the juice is on the under. As a matter of fact, DraftKings has actually dropped this to a 9. And even at a 9, I'd be taking a look at an under. I set my total more around an 8.2 because Logan Gilbert has been absolutely dealing for the Seattle Mariners. We've seen him get a little bit more roughed up in his most recent few starts. But still, guy that's hovering right around 250 with regards to his ERA, more than 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. 
He has been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort with the Seattle Mariners on the Mariners' bullpen. And taking a little bit of a step back, especially with the bullpen scuffling a little bit. Your second rider has been banged up, so that has not necessarily helped him out. And what has really been tough for the team, Diego Castillo, they wanted picking up from the Rays last season. He's gotten north of an 8 ERA, so that has been far from terrific. And then for the Boston Red Sox, they are hoping for a little bit more length than they wound up getting out of Garrett Woodlock on Saturday. He wound up going just three innings. They were able to get the job done. They wind up winning outright, and for the Red Sox, in this series, they've actually overcome two four-run deficits already, but certainly they probably don't want to be having to try to do that for a third time as the Mariners, they wound up having to dive into their bullpen quite a bit yesterday as well as wound up having Sergio Romo, the aforementioned second rider, Penn Murphy, Paul Sewald, and Andres Munoz all wind up pitching yesterday. And for the Red Sox, Tyler Danish wound up going for 20-plus pitches. Matt Barnes, who's currently rocking a 659 ERA, had to come in and to the credit of the Red Sox, Six scoreless innings out of that bullpen, but neither of these pens are have been too terrific all season long, which is why I do think that it is critical that both of these starters have been able to lend a little bit of length. The Mariners 16th currently with the guards bullpen ERA for the Boston Red Sox. They're 26th, and as a matter of fact, I believe that they currently have the lowest bullpen ERA out there in the American League, so it's been far from terrific there. And for the Red Sox, the good news for this team, Trevor's story is really starting to pick it up. He's got four home runs and I believe now 12 RBI in this series. He's been able to do a tremendous job with that regard. But here's the thing with the Boston Red Sox. They are very top heavy. You've currently got a trio of guys, Sander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, all hitting at least a 331 for this team. Everyone else who got in at bat in this game hitting at 242 or lower. As a matter of fact, these three guys are hitting 85 points higher than anyone else who's had at least 10 at bats on the team this year. So that is a little bit of an issue. And then you take a look at the Seattle Mariners, and you just got a bottom of the lineup that has been, I'm going to call what it is, garbage to this point. Dylan Moore, Jared Gelnick, Abraham Toro, Luis Torrens, Mike Ford. All these guys are hitting a buck 97 or lower. You just need a little bit more out of the bottom half of the lineup because you've had Adam Frazier be able to give you right around 325 on base. You've got Ty France, who he's been terrific. North of 25 RBI. 391 on base, 323 batting average. J.P. Crawford is hitting a 300. Julio Rodriguez this month is hitting well above a 325 after he wound up getting a little bit unlucky on some strike three calls. He has been tremendous. He is, in my opinion, a future star in this league. Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez have been a little bit up and down, but I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Logan Gilbert is going to be out there. He is going to be dealing pretty much a plus 110 or greater. I was willing to take a shot here on the Mariners, so I'm going to be taking a look at that. I think that Gilbert... Going to be able to bounce back after a couple of rough starts. And after Nathan Evaldi gave up five home runs in an inning, I don't think that we're going to be seeing that once again. So I'm looking at it under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Seattle getting a little bit of a plus price. And when you wind up bringing up the Red Sox, you've got to bring up the Yankees. As we've got a pair that is going to be played out there in the Bronx. We're going to go with the early game first. This is Johnny Cueto and Jamison Tyon. And I'm pretty much going to do these both sort of at the same time because then you've got Michael Kopech and Luis Severino. The two guys are going to be going in Sunday Night Baseball. We're seeing relatively similar lines with regards to this. Right now, with regards to White Sox versus Yankees game one with Cueto and Tyon going right now, you're finding it anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180 with regards to the Bronx Bombers and right around plus 160 to plus 165 on the White Sox. And when it comes to White Sox in game two, more around a plus 155-ish with that regard with the Yankees finding themselves more around a minus 170. But I'm going to be taking the White Sox in both games. 
I said Cueto, a plus 162 underdog. Most places we're finding him right around a plus 165-ish. And then with Kopech, I was willing to take anything north of a plus 150. So going to be willing to take a shot on both of the White Sox starters because you do take a look at what you're able to get out of the Chicago White Sox team. And the lineup is starting to pick it up a little bit more. You've got Tim Anderson. He's been hitting a 350 for this team. He has been tremendous. Andrew Vaughn is someone that's able to go deep for you. He was missing for a little bit of time. He's come back. He's been able to hold down the fort. And with the New York Yankees, this is an ultimate mash unit. By mash unit, I don't mean that they are banged up. I mean that they are banging the ball around because right now you've got yourself Aaron Judge along Giancarlo San. 25 home runs for this duo. To put this into perspective, the Detroit Tigers as a team currently have 20. So right now, the Detroit Tigers are on pace to have 20 fewer home runs this year than that duo combined. So that's not great, but I do take a look at the Yankees. And bullpen has been relatively solid for this team, but you're closer to roll as Chapman. Need a little bit better performance out of him. He's given up at least one run in each out of his last four appearances. Now, I will say this, the run that he wanted giving up in his last appearance against the Orioles. Joey Gallo needs to give him a little bit of help as well, but certainly it has not necessarily been too terrific for him with that regard. But you do take a look at this Yankees bullpen as a whole. They did wind up having to use up Michael King for north of 30 pitches on Saturday. So that means that he's been knocked out of this one. And for the Chicago White Sox, they had to use up their bullpen because for some reason, Dallas Keuchel is still in the league, league, even though he's got a 6.60 ERA, has not necessarily been too tremendous for him this season. So they did have to burn through a few guys like Jose Ruiz and company. So that is a little bit of an issue for the White Sox. And the White Sox in general just have not necessarily been able to get a lot of production out of their bullpen with regards to bullpen ERA. They are currently clocking in right around 22nd with a 4.05 ERA. So that has been an issue for this team. But I do think that with the White Sox, you're going to see a little bit of progression out of someone like an Jose Abreu. He's hitting just a 210 for this team. That has been not what you'd expect out of him year in and year out. Typically, he gets off to a little bit of a slow start, and then he's able to pick it up towards the back half. Now, the Yankees, they have been able to supply quite a few runs, but they've also been quite good with regards to their ERA. And the White Sox starters have actually been solved. For Johnny Cueto, he wound up beginning the year over there in the AAA level, and he wound up making his first start granted against the Kansas City Royals, which the Royals... They aren't necessarily too tremendous. He wanted being able to throw six scoreless settings. That gives you a little bit of promise there. And then you take a look at Michael Kopech. This guy's been tremendous. Do not look at the 0-1 record. It is not indicative of the way that he's been able to throw. Right around a buck 60 ERA. He has not been taken deep once this year. He can sometimes have a little bit of a walks issue. A little bit over four walks per nine innings. But does a good job of being able to get swings and misses throughout his career. 11 punchouts per nine innings. Then you take a look at Luis Severino. He's been able to do a good job of being able to get some swing and miss himself. But... This is really his first action for a full season since the 2018 season. So he's been a little bit up and down. He hasn't necessarily been able to deliver as much length as you'd like, though they are stretching him out a little bit more. And for Jameis Satayan, this is someone that does a great job of not allowing a lot of walks, but he has been giving up a little bit of hard contact. Now, his home and road splits from last season, that is something that you do want to be honing in on. Tyon wound up having about two points higher on his ERA on the road rather than at home last season. So he clearly was better at Yankee Stadium. And I do think that both of these games are going to be a little bit lower scoring. I wound up setting my both of my totals where it ain't that for less. I'd be looking at an over. Right now, both of these totals have a total of nine on it. So at a nine, I'm going to be taking a look at an under. And I'm going to be looking at the double plus price here. I'm looking at the White Sox in both games. We have noticed that in quite a few of these double letters this season, we have been seeing a lot of splits. I'm someone that I really don't pay too much attention with regards to those trends, but what I do think is going to happen is that Cueto and Kopech 
going to be able to lend some good starts. And coming up next, I do think that we're going to get some good starting pitching out there in the National League. We're going to be hitting upon a few of those games next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we're taking a look at everything that we've got for the Major League Betting Board on Sunday, but we do have one Saturday game that is still lingering. If you want to jump in, you want a little bit of a night sweat, well, we're in the top of the ninth right now between the Oakland A's and the LA Angels. It is the bottom of the order that is coming up for the Oakland A's as Christian Bache, he is going to be up to be able to lead off the setting, and then you wind up having the shortstop and Mr. Allen, and then it's to the top end. If you're looking to fire in on this live, right now you're able to get the run and half with the Oakland A's. Keep in mind, they're down by two at a plus 360 price. Rossiel Glacius is currently in this game for the LA Angels, and he did wind up blowing a save, actually, a, about a week or so ago against this very same Oakland A's team. I would not want to count on that right now. I also don't think they used to lay a run and half at minus 550 here with the LA Angels. Honestly, minus 550 is probably about the right value. There you get. You probably guess that Rossi Iglesias blows about 17, 18% of his saves. So, right around minus 150, probably the proper number. Not really a lot of money to be gained or slash loss. Now, he has given up a combined four earned runs in his last two outings, but I think that this one could go a little bit better for Rossi Iglesias. I would not be banking on him blowing anything against an Oakland A's team that. Coming into tonight, I believe that they were dead last in the major leagues with regards to batting average. It has not necessarily been going too rosy for them. And that Christian Pache currently up there, and he has not necessarily been doing a too terrific of a job. And for the Oakland A's, dead last with regards to OPS coming into the night as well. So we're going to be keeping you guys alert on that. If we do wind up seeing anything very, very unexpected, I will cut in and let you guys know. I'll also let you guys know that we now have an opener with regards to game four of the the conference finals matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. It is the Celtics find themselves a seven-point favorite, and your total on this game right around at 208.5. Once again, as I was saying a little bit earlier, seems a little bit too steep. Even if you don't wind up having Jimmy Butler, I'd probably wait to try to find out a little bit more information as to what you're going to be able to get in this spot. But if anything, it's just a case of which it's heat or pass at this point. But... That said, we've got quite a bit of baseball that we're going to be having for Sunday, and we are going to be having quite a few good pitchers out there in the National League, and I think that this is a relatively solid pitching matchup as we do go 905-906 with Braves and the Miami Marlins doing battle out there in Miami. Ian Anderson going to be going on the bump for Atlanta, and Sandy Alcantara is going to be going for Miami, and Miami in a relative pick game. You're finding them as high as a minus 115 favorite, as low as a minus 105, and with the Braves, Pretty much between even money and minus 105 across the board with a total between 7 and 7.5. If you're finding a 7, the over is going to be like minus 125, minus 130. And if you're finding a 7.5, that under is going to be at very minimum minus 120 on that juice. And personally, I'd be taking a look at a 7.5 under if I'm able to get a little bit more favorable juice because 
I want to say my total is 7.1. We just have ourselves a situation which it's a lot of juice. And typically when I've got a number that's anywhere in between 7 and 7.5, seven I want to try to just be able to take whatever juice is best and be able to get a plus price. Like if you be able to get even like a 7.5 under at minus 130, I would probably just take like the over at a plus 110 because just not enough games have been landing on these numbers even with regards to what you wind up getting when it comes to a little bit of a lower total, because the big thing is you wind up finding a lot of variance. So, and even though a team might be averaging right around three and a half runs per game, which that means that you wind up getting, you would think a lot of four to three sort of games. Typically you don't wind up getting that. Typically you wind up having the team score three and a half runs because in like a five game sample, they wind up scoring zero runs, and then they wind up scoring 10 runs, and then they wind up scoring one run, two runs, and then you'll finally wind up getting, like, one where they score three or four. So that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to baseball. But when it comes to Sandy Alcantara, always has been very rock solid at home. You take a look at what he was able to do last season. Wound up having right around 242 ERA at home. Meanwhile, on the road, it was a little bit north of four, and he's been able to do a good job. I'll be able to deliver for this team this season and has been able to do a nice job holding down the fort. And the big thing with him, as opposed to Ian Anderson, is that Anderson just gives out a couple too many walks. His walks per nine rate throughout his career is right around a three and a half. So and it's a little bit of an issue. He's been able to hone it in a little bit more recently, but that would be a trepidation that I would have with the Atlanta Braves in this spot, even though the Braves may be able to do a good job with their bullpen. They're currently in the top 10 with regards to bullpen ERA, even though Tyler Mazik has been dealing with a couple of injuries, but with Anderson, 18 walks over the course of 36 innings. That's not necessarily too terrific. And then you take a look at the flip side for Sandy Alcantara. And it has been a case in which he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up right around 0.75 home runs for nine innings. So that's something that you're certainly able to work with. And for the Miami Marlins, this has actually been a halfway decent lineup. Hitting 244 as a collective, they don't necessarily get a ton of deep balls, but you do have a couple guys like a Jess Chislam who's been able to give you seven home runs. He's hitting nearly at 300 for this bunch. And then even down the line, you've had Garrett Cooper, Asus Aguiar be able to get on base. And with the Marlins, this team does have a lot of upside, in my opinion, because the real star bats for this team have not necessarily been able to come to the forefront. Or Solaire, you're able to throw in there Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings. Heck, you're even able to go down the list a little bit further at some of these guys. And many of them are hitting at 215 or lower. So a bit more of the ancillary pieces. I mean, even Asu Sanchez, who wound up having a good start to the season, he's been scuffling a little bit. Got to figure that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression. And with the Atlanta Braves, what you do have working for the team is that Ronald Acuna Jr. is out back at the fold, wound up being out due to that torn ACL from the end of last season, wound up dealing with a couple of ailments about a week or so ago. He's now back at the fold, so that is going to be able to help them out. But you do take a look at this Braves team. They're only a 224 as a collective. That's actually one of the worst marks you're able to find in all the big leagues now. They have been able to hammer out quite a bit with regards to power. You've got a trio of guys with eight home runs at Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna. These guys have been able to do a solid job. William Contreras and Ozzy Albies have both been able to go yard as well. But you just take a look at what you're getting with regards to consistency. And it hasn't necessarily been there with this team. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the only guy with north of 50 at best. And it's hitting above a 270 right now. And then the other guys, Travis Arano, he platoons a little bit at the catcher spot. He's been dealing with some injuries as well. Outside of these two guys, among players with at least 40 at-bats, you don't have a single other guy that's hitting at least a 250 for you. So that has been a tad bit of an issue. They do have a couple guys being able to draw some walks, but Adam Duvall hitting right around 200. The dip that we've seen in Marcel Ozuna, Travis Demerit, Dansby Swanson, these guys 
do need to pick it up a little bit more. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value here with the Miami Marlins. I'm going to lay up to a minus 124 with them. And when it comes to this total, I set it at 7.1. So a 7, I'd be looking over. 7.5, I'd be looking under. But would like to get the juice down if at all possible. See where this winds up shaking out in the AM. Because either way, whether you like the 7 over or the 7.5 under right now, pretty much on both sides that you like, you're laying right around minus 120, sometimes even a little bit more with regards to juice. So I'd like to see if we can wind up getting something a little bit more palatable with that regard. And something else that is very palatable is taking a look at the Milwaukee Brewers recently as this team has been tremendous out there in the National League Central. So how about if we go 907-908 with Freddie Peralta going for the crew and Mr. Aaron Sanchez on the bump for the Washington Nationals. And the Nationals are finding themselves as a big hefty underdog, anywhere between a plus $2 and plus 215 price. Meanwhile, Brewers are between minus 238 and minus 250 with 8.5 being your total with the under at a minus 115 juice. And with Aaron Sanchez, it has been a bad year for him. He's given up at least three runs in every one of his starts and is backed up by a lineup with the Washington Nationals. That has he been too terrific. They've actually been a little bit better on the road than they have been at home. They've got eight road wins and at home, they're 5-13. and 13. They have been ghastly bad when, they're, when they've been in our nation's capital. But I do think that this is a Nationals team that they're going to be able to pull it up a little bit more with regards to the batting average. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be anything terrific, but you got Josh Bell who's hitting above a 300. You've had just Juan Soto in general not be able to drive in runs because Juan Soto, he's got eight home runs this year, but so many of these have been solo shots. It's not very often that you wind up seeing eight home runs and 11 RBI. That is a bit of an issue for him. Just guys not being able to get on base, even though you got Keeper Ruiz who's hitting right around 200. You've had someone like a Cesar Hernandez hitting about a 270. Mikel Franco to be able to do a solid job of being a reach base as well for the Milwaukee Brewers. This is a team that I feel like they've been beneficiaries of a favorable schedule. You take a look at the amount of games that they played against the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs, the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates. It has just not been terrific. And now they get to face off against Washington Nationals. But facts are the facts. This is a team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to put in there some hard contact. Now, William Thomas is on the 10-day injured list. That does wind up hurting this offense a little bit more. And then Rowdy Tellez wound up kicking the day off on Saturday. So among your matchers, you do wind up having quite a few of those guys being out. Christian Yelich still isn't at full MVP form. He's looked a little bit better this year, but I don't think we're ever going to see peak Christian Yelich anymore. So that's something that winds up hurting them. Now you do have Luis Urias, who's back in the fold. He's been able to right around a 285 for this team. I like what he's able to bring to the table for this bunch. And with the Brewers, you did wind up having to use up Josh Hader on Saturday. Good news is it was for something like five pitches, so he should be conceivably available in a safe spot. But I do think that Sanchez is going to be able to pick it up. He wound up having some good outings while he's with the Houston Astros before getting hurt. Looked very promising with the San Francisco Giants. So I think here at north of $2, we've gotten up a little bit too lofty. So going to be taking a look at the Nationals along with an under end coming up next. How about if we turn our attention a little bit more to the American League and go Rays versus Orioles next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Verizon 
to be able to get in on the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network, and clearly I need Verizon with having a little bit of breakup in the voice, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details, as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, and I shall be signing up after this wonderful show to be able to get a better connection going with regards to that, but still certainly going to be good to be able to have so much action on Sunday. I alerted you guys as to what we're seeing with regards to the PGA Championship. I really don't have a lot of plays. I am not a good golf handicapper. You'd probably want to listen to what I hear and probably take the opposite. That's why we've got folks like Wes Reynolds, the man that wanted joining me a little bit before I wanted coming on. Brady Cannon doing a great job every single weekend here on the desk as well. They wind up doing long shots. So I mean, they do a terrific job. I am a golf know nothing. I think this is the best way to be able to put it. So I really don't have anything with that regard, but we do have quite a bit with regards to what we're going to be seeing in major league baseball on Saturday. And by the way, you're going to notice that there's a, quite a few games that they really don't have a lot of lines right now. If you're looking at the Tigers versus the Guardians, the Twins versus the Royals, and the Oakland A's versus the LA Angels. Most places wind up having this off the board. As a matter of fact, Circo literally just a few minutes ago wound up posting openers on this one. So you're going to be able to see those a little bit more towards the AM where the line winds up settling in. So I'll try to hit those if at all possible before we wind up getting out of here. But how about if we wind up hitting this Rays versus Baltimore Orioles game? This is 9-15, on the betting board with Spencer Watkins, Going for the Orioles and Corey Kluber is going to be on the bump for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are between minus 157 and minus 170 favorites. Meanwhile, with regards to the Orioles, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 146 and plus 150 with a total of nine. Most places have the juice at a minus 115. And with regards to the money line, I think that this is relatively correct. I wound up setting it more around a minus 173 myself. And if you're taking a look at the run line right now, with regards to the race, you're going to be finding it in a lot of places right around an even money sort of price. And I think that if you're able to get even money, even laying a minus 105, that's a good take here with the race because you take a look at what the race have been able to do to the Baltimore Orioles prior to that game that we wound up seeing on Friday where the Orioles wound up winning a 13-inning thriller. They had won 13 straight games against them. They wound up being able to reboot that streak because Jeffrey Springs and company were able to get the job done. Very nice, easy win by multiple runs on Saturday. And you take a look at what you've been able to get out of Corey Kluber. And he's had just one bad start this year. He wound up getting lit up against the LA Angels. Wound up giving up eight runs over the course of three innings. But past that, he's given up a combined nine runs in all of his other starts, spanning right around 33 and a third inning. So you do the math, that's right around a 2-5-ish ERA if you take out that blow-up start. And for Spencer Watkins... This is a guy that does not have a track record of success. We always talk about, oh, does this guy have a track record of success? He was so good for so long, and well, it's the exact opposite with him. As this is someone that last year wound up having an ERA of an 8. Not terrific. Now, what does wind up helping him out is that you've got the new dimensions at Camden Yards, as we know. Really hard to be able to crank one out in left field, but even that's not helping him out. He's got a little bit north of a 5 ERA for the Tampa Bay race. We've got Randy Rosarena being able to bust out a little bit more. He wound up getting a pair of home runs on Saturday, so that's a good sign for the team. You've got guys like G-Man Choi, Wander Franco, who have been able to do a good job of being a reach base. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they wound up beginning the year as a very solid under team. And we have seen quite a few overs with this team recently, but still it has been a team that 
has been able to even out a little bit more. And I take a look at the offense, and I like what I've seen out of it recently. Cedric Mullins here in the month of May is sitting just below a 300. Austin Hayes, Trey Boom Boom Mancini, both of these guys are hitting north of a 280. And Ryan Mountcastle, he was on the shelf for a few days. He's back at the fold. He's sitting right around 260 for the team. And the bottom of the lineup, it is still a little bit of an issue, but Rude Androdor, Ordeo Mateo, Tyler Nevin, they're now above 200 with regards to batting average. It's not much, but it's better than it was. And then for the Tampa Bay Rays, some of the ancillary guys like Isaac Paredes have been able to come through quite well for this team. Now, it's been rough for Mike Zanino. He has just three home runs hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. It's not necessarily been too terrific, but you take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen. First, I will call it three weeks of the season. It was a little bit brutal for this team. Ever since those first few weeks, it has been lights out, though. So the Tampa Bay Rays starting to pick it up once again with this regard. I think that J.P. Fireisen still has not allowed a single earned run all season long. Jason Adam, he's been able to come in. He's been able to do a nice job. He'll be able to hold down the fort for this team. Only wound up using two pitches yesterday. So even though you wound up entering, I think it's always important to look at pitch count. And you have someone like Adam who winds up throwing two pitches. He typically is able to come back the next day. Meanwhile, someone like Ralph Garza Jr. used 32 pitches. Well, you can roll them out for the next day. And for the Baltimore Orioles, this actually has been a solid bullpen for them. And they're able to preserve their guys. Mike Bauman wound up throwing three and two-thirds innings of long relief for them. So that means that all of your normal guys like Tino Perez, Felix Batista and company, they're going to be able to come back in this one. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they're actually eighth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. So you give them a lot of credit, especially with the fact that this has been one of the most heavily used bullpens in the big leagues as they are currently clocking in in the top 15 or the top five, I should say, with regards to just usage with return with regards to innings in general. So they've been able to do a great job with that regard. But the problem is the starting pitching has just not been great for this team. And exhibit A is the gentleman that's going to be going out there in this one in Spencer Watkins and just a case in which the Tampa Bay Rays completely own the soul of the Baltimore Orioles. I want absolutely no part of this plus price with the Orioles. As a matter of fact, I think that the Rays wind up winning this game by multiple runs. So going to be taking a look at them on the run line. I do mind saying my total to where I'd be looking at an eight or less over an eight and a half prior to the under. So us getting a nine. I think that's a little bit too lofty. I'm looking under and I'm going to be taking a look at that Rays run line. And about if we wind up hitting one of those games in which just wanted getting put up at Circa, really not seeing a line on this game anywhere else, but yeah, 923-924 between the Twins and the Royals with it being a pick'em game. Minus 105 on both sides here at Circa with Brady Singer going for the Royals Bailey over for Minnesota and a total of 7.5 with the juice on the over at a minus 120. And I think that you've got yourself some relatively solid value here with the Minnesota Twins because with the Kansas City Royals, you don't have a lot of measures when it comes to the team to say the least. Coming into Saturday, they wound up having as a collective 24 home runs. The duo of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Sand entered into Saturday with more home runs than the Kansas City Royals as a team. And their team leader in home runs, Salvador Perez, he's currently on the 10-day injured list. That is not terrific for this bunch. And just take a look at some of the dead bats in general. They've currently got with the Kansas City Royals, and it's terrible. They wound up just not being able to do a great job once again on Saturday where they wound up getting smoked in that one. And right now you've got Whit Merrifield, who just got his batting average above 200. But he, along with Bobby Witt Jr. and Nicky Lopez, when he's out there, Salvador Perez and then Carlos Santana, only at 215 or lower. And why Carlos Santana currently has a job in the big leagues, I have absolutely no idea. He's currently hitting a buck 35. And if you take a look at just your batting average, the opposite of leaders, worst guys, 
last season after the all-star break he was like number one in nearly every one of those categories i mean he has been ter tremendously terrible that is probably the best way to be able to put it and then with the minnesota twins byron buxton is out back in the fold for the team and that's big he's got 11 home runs in 27 games needs to pick it up a little bit with the batting average but certainly has been able to do a great job whenever he's been healthy problem is this is just a guy that can never stay healthy so having him in the fold i think is very important in this one and then towards the back half of the lineup Gilberto Cestino, along with Luis Arias, running well above a 325 for the team. Carlos Correa has been able to get 270, and to the surprise of many, the Minnesota Twins bullpen has actually been very solid this year. This is a bunch of, they rank at the top 10 with regards to ERA. Danny Columbia has been a little bit banged up for the team, but he's been able to get great innings out of Joe Smith. He actually has not given up a single earned run all season long after you wound up having a little bit of ailment. The Duff man wound up being able to come through he's been able to do a good job in ty duffy so that has been good for this team and then you take a look at the Kansas City Royals it has not been great with regards to this bullpen 27th of the big leagues and I like Josh Shamout I like Scott Barlow and Barlow has had actually a very good season but a lot of these longer guys like a Dylan Coleman Amir Garrett that's a signing that I just still don't get Amir Garrett has never been a good reliever and the Kansas City Royals decide oh let's sign Amir Garrett because that's really going to help out our bullpen said no one ever. But Jake Brent's being out of the fold, that has hurt them quite a bit. And the big thing with Brady Singer is that he's actually been able to do a solid job of being able to get swings and misses throughout his MLB career. He wound up getting sent down to the minors a little bit this season. Looked relatively solid there. Gave up maybe a little bit too much hard contact, but he looked very good, was able to work on some things. And with Brady Singer, has always been a guy that has been a little bit better at home rather than on the road. So I do think that he's going to do a good job of being able to hold down the fort and then for Bailey over. It's going to be going on the flip side for the Minnesota Twins. Career right around two walks per nine innings. Now this is going to be his first start in quite a while as he was a little bit banged up on a missing right around three or four starts. But prior to going down with an injury, sub three ERA, I think that he's going to do a good job holding down the fort. Probably only going to give you four or five innings, but I look at the seven half. I set my total at seven point eight. Looking over, and I like the Twins being able to get a pick em price here. And in the final segment, going to go through my DK Nation pick for this MLB Sunday and just everything else I like in general on the board. That's coming next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, and now it is updated every 10 minutes. So that way you're all refreshed and you're able to see all the changes on all the action, and you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not wind up matching up with the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but as well as future days action, future events. We've got you covered on all of it. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits data for every single game now at VEASAN.com as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And after I'm off, have no fear. We've got you covered on just everything that we're going to be getting in the sports world. I mean, we've got the final of a PGA championship that's going to be going down. We've got, as you found out in the last hour, some Formula One going down out there in Barcelona, Spain. Big thanks to Mikhail who wound up joining me in our number two. Mikhail Miranda doing a great job with our newest with our newest racing podcast, which 
You're able to find that in the Gone Racing feed wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and we've also got it at Visa.com slash podcast. So we've got you covered on all that. We've got the NHL going down. So big thanks to Stormy Bond and Tony for talking a little NHL postseason with me in our number one. And you wind up taking the over in Avalanche versus the Blues. Wound up getting there in the final few minutes there. So you were able to be rest assured there. But with that said, we're taking a look at the diamond here on the final segment as we've got my DK Nation pick going down a little bit earlier on Sunday as we wind up going 903-904 with the Dodgers on the road against Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Eflin going for the Phillies and Tony Gonsolin on the bump for the Dodgers. And right now you're finding a total of nine and a half. And that's where the DK Nation pick is going to be on the under end. With regards to the Dodgers, finding them any between a minus 129 to a minus 135 favorite and between plus 115 to plus 125 on the Phillies. But the reason why I like this over is, or the reason why I like this under is because for one, you've got yourself a pair of teams that are going to be up relatively early with this one. It's a 10.35 a.m. Pacific, 1.35 p.m. Eastern start after these two teams, they wound up playing a relatively long game. On Saturday, it didn't wind up getting done until right around 10 o'clock local time for them. So that's a little bit of a hamperance when it comes to a lot of these bats. And the Dodgers, they certainly have been able to do a great job with being able to get on base, with being able to supply a little bit of boom. But with regards to that boom, the only guy in the starting lineup for Saturday with more than five home runs this season for the team, and I feel like that's a little bit surprising for the Dodgers, is Mookie Betts. He's been able to do a great job, but the rest of the team hasn't necessarily been able to come up with a bunch of hard contact. That guys like Justin Turner and Max Muncy struggle a little bit at the plate. Cody Bellinger just once again is really struggling. I mean, this guy for years just has not been able to get out of his own way. But then you take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies. And with regards to on-base plus slugging, OPS at home, they're actually right around 20th out of 30 teams. So they've had their issues with that regard. Now, good news for them is that Bryce Harper's out back. The full reigning MVP has been hitting around a 300. He's got nine home runs thus far this season. But for Zach Elflin, I do think that he's going to do a good job He'll be able to come in and hold down the fort. I don't think that he's going to come in and give you like seven scoreless or anything. He's got a 390 ERA overall for the season, but in his three home starts, more around a buck 20 ERA. So he's been much better in Philadelphia rather than on the road. And he just doesn't wind up putting guys on cheaply. He has given up a one and a half walks for nine innings this season. He's given up just one home run in 30 innings as well. So he has done a terrific job keeping the ball in the yard and not allowing a lot of free passes, which that's something that you look for out of your starters. Now, with the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen, it's not good. It's not good at all. They are in the bottom five with regards to ERA, but you do have a couple guys you're able to rely upon. They want to making some signings in the offseason. Jurisdiction Familia was one of them, and you don't want any part of Jurisdiction Familia. He's not terrific, but you did wind up having Corey Knable come in as well. He's been solid as a closer. Brad Hand has a sub-two ERA. He's able to be a little bit more of an eighth inning guy. So, I mean, these two guys, they're able to do a relatively solid job. And I do think that Eflin is going to be able to lend some relatively solid length. And for the Dodgers, this is a bullpen that ranks in the top 10 with regards to ERA. You got Craig Kimbrell closing games out. You've been able to have some of the unheralded guys, Evan Phillips, even a guy like a Phil Bickford, come in and do a solid job. Broussard Greiderall has not necessarily been himself this season, but by and large, has been a relatively solid bullpen. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, I do think that they are going to be able to do a good job of holding a Dodgers team that has really been on a winning streak. Eight straight wins at bay. Now, I don't want to be betting against the Dodgers. I'm going to lay up to a minus 136 with them. So the DraftKings number that we're seeing right now is minus 135. And that's really the top of the market with regards to the Dodgers right now. So I'm going to lay pretty much any number that you're seeing available right now. And with regards to the total, right now we're seeing it at 9.5 across the board. 
semi-total barely above eight. So this is a spot in which I did wind up making the DK Nation pick the total, and I'm going to be looking under, and I'm also going to be looking at the LA Dodgers in this spot as well. Something else I think is going to be intriguing is this Cubs versus Diamondbacks game, 909-910 on the betting board. Most books do not have a total on this game because with Wrigley Field, it is all about the win. When the wind is blowing out, as we wound up seeing on Friday where there were, and I'm not even kidding here, 11 home runs hit in that game. It is very, very hitter-friendly. Meanwhile, when you wind up having the wind blowing in, it's very, very pitcher-friendly. Now, when you wind up getting extra innings like we wound up seeing on Saturday, even a pitcher-friendly ballpark is going to surrender a few runs, especially when you have the dumb ghost runner on second base. If I'll let you know my real feelings on those, but that said, certainly a case in which it does wind up driving up the totals a little bit, but when the wind is blowing in, totals a little bit lower in. It looks like for Sunday, the wind is going to be blowing in, but it's not going to be like any sort of an intense wind, like eight-ish miles per hour, something in that neighborhood. So you got an inward wind, but nothing that is going to be too rambunctious. Right now, DraftKings does not have a number on this total, but if you're taking a look at the total here at Circa, where I currently sit, it is at a seven and a half juice to the under end with the Cubs. Pretty much across the board, they're a minus 120. You're finding the Arizona Diamondbacks in most spots right around a plus 110. And right now, this is a little bit of a wait-and-see mode because with regards to run lines, you're not going to be able to get too much of a run line until you wind up seeing the total come up. Like right here at Circa, you're finding the Arizona Diamondbacks getting a run and F at a minus 196 and a plus 174 on the Cubs. Like at current numbers, I need at least a plus 112 to be able to take a shot on the Diamondbacks and my run line number was right around a 175 for being able to lay a run and half with regards to Cubs. So I'm right now just going to see where this winds up shaking out in general. But Merrill Kelly is going to be your starter for the Diamondbacks. And Wade Miley is going to hope to have a party in the USA for the Chicago Cubs. And for Miley, just not a guy that I can really trust in too much. Ever since the end of the 2019 season, you may recall with the Astros, he had like five good months for them. And then in September, he went straight down the toilet bowl. Ever since that, he just has not been the same guy. Last year wasn't terrible with the, with the Cincinnati Reds. Certainly not a swing and miss guy. Overall for his career, gets right around six after seven strikeouts for nine innings. Big thing with him is just having some command because whenever he does a good job of not giving up a lot of walks, this is someone that you're able to rely upon when he doesn't wind up doing so. That is a big, giant issue. Meanwhile, for Merrill Kelly, throughout his career, he's always been a little bit better in Arizona rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, home and road splits, he gives up right around a run and a half more for nine innings when he's on the road rather than at home. But he's been able to really rein it in over the last 12 months or so. Ever since the second half of the season last year, he's really been one of the more underrated pitchers out there in the big leagues. But you take a look at Mr. Miley and what I was mentioning a little bit earlier with him, just the walks. It's just a case in which he's since the beginning of the, we're going to call it the 2020 season, says his downfall really began during the end of that 2019 campaign. Giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings. And when you're getting sub-seven strikeouts per nine, that is not necessarily a good duo. Now, with the Cubs, they've actually got one of the best bullpen ERAs you're able to find out there in the big leagues. As a matter of fact, when it comes to National League teams, they are currently number three behind the Miami Marlins and the LA Dodgers and the Marlins. They play in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, but guys like Scott Efres have been able to do a solid job for you. But the Cubs' numbers are thrown off a little bit at home because they are averaging right around 4.5 to 4.6 runs per game at home compared to 3.6 on the road. But keep in mind that they wound up having that big 21-run outburst a few weeks ago against Pittsburgh Priors. You take that out of the fold and you just take a look at everything else. 
it is closer to right around 3.7, 3.8 runs per game. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, this is a team that they've been able to crank up their offense a little bit more. Now, this is not a team that's necessarily going to be doing a great job when it comes to batting average. They're in the bottom five in the big leagues with that regard. But Christian Walker has been able to give you 10 home runs thus far this season. You've really added quite a few guys, being able to mesh quite a few guys, being able to do a solid job of just being able to provide that hard contact like a Dalton Varsho. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to know Arizona Diamondbacks are actually hitting 30 points higher on the road rather than at home. They're hitting a 227 on the road. At home, they're hitting a buck 97, which and really doesn't make a lot of sense. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're currently second in the league with regards to home runs per game on the road. They've hit 34 bobs at 21 games. Now, the seven that they wound up getting on Friday wound up throwing things out of whack a little bit more. But as long as we're able to get sort of like a plus 112 price right now, we're seeing a lot of plus 110s. I'm willing to take a shot on the Diamondbacks, and I'm going to be willing to take a look at an under as well with the way that Merrill Kelly has been pitching as well. If we do wind up seeing mostly seven halves like we've got right now, and what we're taking a look at is just the entirety of the sports world here at Beeson. We've got golf. We've got just everything going on in baseball, everything with regards to the NBA, NHL playoffs. So it is going to be an absolutely spectacular weekend here on Beeson, and I'll actually be coming at you guys on the look at tomorrow at the same time right here on Beeson. Esports Bank Network, getting you guys covered on a little bit of everything.